episode of the in and out basketball podcast i'm your co-host kenny and i'm your co-host the travis man just like the cannabis man and uh today we have um free agency reactions and uh predictions of course uh there were a lot of major free agents that were signed uh since july 1st so it's been about 11 days um since free agency has started and a lot has happened in that time so we have a packed show once again today and let's get started with uh, the most major free agent of all um, of all the players, LeBron James. So he, of course, signed with a year $154 million deal. Um, and when you saw that LeBron signed with the Lakers, what did you feel? Um, it was a great decision because he already has uh, his kids enrolled in the Syria Canyon. And um, he can basically have these uh, young players that will listen to him, or um, since he signed a four-year contract, he could uh, learn to fit into the Lakers system and do what Magic tells him to do. And also, it's uh, it's Hollywood, so all like the lifestyle. Right, yeah. Uh, I agree. When he signed, I predicted him to sign there, so I really wasn't very surprised uh, when I found out. Um, you know, he's surrounded by much better and younger players than he had in Cleveland, in Cleveland, he had Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, uh, Jeff Green, those kind of good, maybe, bench players on an okay team uh, as his, you know, second, third, fourth best player after Kevin Love, of course. Um, now he has, you know, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma. They just signed Rondo, Stevenson, McGee. Uh, those are great pieces to fit, to fit around LeBron. And um, especially those three signings, uh, Rondo, uh, Stevenson, and McGee, um, I feel like they fit very well with LeBron because the one thing throughout the playoffs that LeBron was missing, uh, especially this year, with the Cavs was guys who can just make plays with the ball uh, and who are tough-minded will get in your face um, and play defense. And Rondo and Stevenson, of course, can do that. And McGee... He was essential to the Warriors uh, beating the Cavs because if you watch the games, the Cavs could not defend a simple Steph Curry, JaVale McGee pick and roll because there were way too many miscommunications and it was just a bad look overall because JaVale McGee can just do so many things for you. Um, And really, really quickly, I just want to say this. I feel like if you want a tough-minded playmaker, he's the perfect guy to get. He's tough-minded, he's physical, he's scrappy. He's in your face, he plays defense, and he can make plays with the ball. He can do a lot of different things for you. Um, so going back to LeBron really quickly, uh, like you said, it was a lifestyle decision. Uh, his kids are already enrolled in Sierra Canyon, um, you know, a basketball powerhouse. And he can manage a lot of his Silicon Valley investments and stuff uh, from a couple hours away. And it's also a great place to start his business. So I felt like this was a great, not only basketball decision, uh, but lifestyle decision as well. Yeah, uh, you forgot to mention that JaVale McGee played really good perimeter defense on LeBron, uh, so that's a plus too. And um, 
it's been reported that LeBron has been behind the signings of those players. Mm-hmm. So that proves that even though they're not shooters, um, he's not going to really be playing that LeBron system anymore. He will um, delegate more responsibility to his teammates uh, because they are playmakers, and um, that will help his team do better because it's um, not going to help his team if he just does everything. So, yeah. And really quickly, before we move on to the next player, I just want to ask you, do you think Luke Walton is staying as the head coach of the Lakers? Yes. Uh, Luke Walton, if they can get, you know, like, preferably for me, every team who has a, who's trying to get a better coach should Lamar Jackson. Uh, and I feel like the Lakers should do that here as well because Luke Walton, for some reason, to me, he's a young coach and he just doesn't seem very assertive and, like, he won't dictate uh, the things that happen within the team. And when you have LeBron on your team, if LeBron doesn't feel that you are assertive and you will, you know, push him and talk back to him and make him better, he's not going to respect you and he's just going to take over the team. Yeah, um, if he doesn't feel that... um Luke Walton was assertive enough, he will not listen to them, and also he won't really listen to them regardless, unless you have a major alpha like Pat Riley, but in this case it's Magic Johnson, so. He'll also listen to Magic, I think. Magic's a pretty good voice to have in the organization. Moving on to Paul George, Uh, he re-signed with the OKC Thunder with a four-year contract, $137 How do you feel about that? I was shocked when I saw that Paul George would uh, would stay with the Thunder because he's not going to win anything. He won two playoff games. Really, he, he would have won one. Um, he won two playoff games, though, with, uh, and he lost in a series against a rookie when, you know, you had Russell Westbrook, yourself, you are a star, superstar player, uh, that level of a player, and uh, Carmelo Anthony, who will be leaving the team, of course. Um, but I was shocked because they're not going to win anything. Uh, you know, he's playing with a ball-dominant player in Westbrook who just makes players around him worse. And I just, like, you could be playing with LeBron. Who also does the same thing, is very ball-dominant and makes his players worse. Yeah, right. In but, the system that he plays in. But at least you're going to win. At least you're, you're not going to win. At... You're just going to... Have a chance and then lose in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, that's, that's better than getting past the fr- get, than getting bounced in round one, though. No, um, actually, it just proves that nobody wants to play with LeBron because Kyrie he threatened to get knee surgery. Boogie he didn't want to go to the Lakers. KD, uh, LeBron actually texted him. And really quickly, there are various beliefs on this whole Kyrie Irving situation from a year ago. Uh, I know you personally. Um, you believe that he didn't want to play with LeBron. Me, personally, I believe that he just wanted to be the man on his own team because... Yeah, because um, he didn't want to play with LeBron. No, but we also see that here, like, as soon as he got injured before the playoffs, and then the Celtics had a ton of success without him, and then now, next year, Brad Stevens is going to get all the credit for no, doing actually, for he No, actually, he liked that um, his team went far because it just shows that that system is way better than the LeBron system, mm-hmm. and he actually has a chance to be a leader in that Celtic system. And um, that um, uh, that Celtics team getting that far, it's a testament to Brad Stevens because um, no matter what, in every great coaching system, if you lose a player, uh, your team's going to do well. 
like uh, we saw in 1994 when the when MJ left they still won 55 games even though they lost the greatest player of all time and that's because of that system and um, Brad Stevens system is the same thing and um, they almost beat the Cavs because the Cavs are not a well-coached team that's why uh, it wouldn't have shocked me if the Cavs lost at any point in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, uh, you're kind of, in a way, making my point because, like you said, every everybody from me to you to everybody in the media, they're saying this is Brad Stevens' team. Uh, you know, he can do whatever he wants with it. He is the Celtics, you know, most valuable piece right now, even though he is a coach and not a player. Um but they're basically giving him all the reins to the organization. But and you I have don't necessarily, to... And I don't necessarily know that Kyrie enjoys that. No, uh, but you have to recognize that the players, uh, it's actually their job to execute that system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to believe in that coach's philosophy like Jordan did for Phil Jackson and um, the Spurs did for Popovich. Um, you have to actually believe in that system to make it work. Uh, And Kyrie, he was the leader of that system, so I don't think he's going to be mad about that. Uh, Actually, we have not finished with the Paul George. Um, My take on it is that I wasn't shocked at all because if if the Lakers lose, which they will, um, even with Paul George, uh, there would be less expectations, or there would be more expectations for the Lakers. And... um, Paul George would get all the blame because that's how the media works. And uh, there would be less expectations playing with Russ because Russ would get all the blame because the media hates Russ. And um, he actually wants to compete because he lost in the first round to a rookie, but he he doesn't want the easy way to win. He uh, he actually wants to compete with Russ. What seed do you think they'll get, the Lakers? With um, the current roster, of course. They will probably get a four to five seed range. Four to five. Um, in my opinion, I think that the Warriors, obviously, the Rockets, the Spurs, and um, maybe even the Pelicans. Um, you saw what that team did in the playoffs. They sw- they swept the Blazers, so I think they could be in that range as well. I th- I feel like the Lakers will be a two to three seed team. The I say. Two, because without Trevor Ariza, Houston could look really, really bad guarding great wing players like LeBron, KD, and Kawhi. But I also say three, because Houston still has James Harden and Chris Paul, two superstar players, two top eight players. So I feel like it's going to be in that two to three range for the Lakers. Okay. Um, Moving on to Nikola Jokic. Uh, I was not surprised when he resigned. Obviously, he's the face of that franchise. And um, he's getting all the money, so there should be no reason. Yeah, I wasn't surprised here at all. Um, you know, he's he's Denver's young star. He's their franchise player. And uh, they just gave him the house. Five years, $146 million, I think. And, you know, usually most players, uh, they stay for the extra contract after their rookie contract. So I wasn't really shocked here. Yeah. Um, moving on to CP3. He signed a four-year, $160 million contract. Uh, what are your thoughts about that much money? Right, so I wasn't shocked uh, because Chris Paul is 33 years old. He knows this is probably going to be the last uh, big contract where he is you know, a great player, an all-time great player, and the Rockets gave that to him. They gave him four years, $160 million, like you said, 
And he took that because at this state of his career, I feel like money is uh, kind of on the level of winning. Even though he hasn't won anything, I feel like money is kind of on the same level. I don't think it was a good contract because um, with that four years, he's going to be paid $40 million a year until he's about um, 37. And um, I don't think uh, that's a really good price for one player because uh, he always gets injured in the playoffs at the worst times. And even though they would have probably gone to the finals, he always... Um, and won. Uh, oh, yeah, and won. Um I don't think uh, that's a good price for just one player, yeah. especially at his age and all that uh, miles on his body. Mm-hmm. And then they also had to, because Chris Paul demanded a max contract and he got nearly every penny of it, um, they had to get rid of Trevor Ariza, who is an essential part of what they do, and also Luke Mbamute, uh, in order for them to keep Clint Capella, uh, which we're going to talk about more uh, in a few minutes. But now let's move on to DeMarcus Cousins. And uh, he is a five-time All-Star who tore his Achilles in February, I believe, uh, in a game against the Rockets. Um, That actually was the only game the Rockets lost. Chris Paul and Clint Capella were all healthy to the Boogie and AD Pelicans. Uh, But DeMarcus Cousins signed a one-year $5.3 million deal with the Golden State Warriors, and how did you feel when you saw that Boogie did made this decision? Um, I was a little bit shocked that the league has gone to this uh, right now because it's basically who can form the best super team, and it's like it's not not even about competing anymore. And um, he got a lot less money um, with the Warriors, um, and I don't think February to, uh, you know, May, I don't think that's not gonna, I don't think that's gonna be a good enough time period to prove himself, even though that's what he wants to do, and they said that there were no offers, and that's uh, not true, there was a two-year $40 million from the Pelicans. Right, yeah, he left uh, $35 million on the table to go win a ring before the season even started, basically, Uh, because the season ended the night he signed yeah, the Warriors are winning. Um, um, do you think that the league should take any measures to limit the amount of uh, All-Stars? Or Right, right. And I kind of have an idea for this. I've been toying with this for a while now. You should have some way to kind of rank players. So, like, Tier 1 is LeBron and KD tier and Steph. Tier um, 2 is no, Harden I mean, Russ. You can't really uh, rank it like that. Because that's just an, an opinion, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but if you just kind of generally know this player, or you could say if the player averaged, I don't know, above 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists, he's a superstar. If he averaged somewhere around 20 points, uh, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, or something, he's a star, kind of like that. Um, you could kind of classify those players, and from there you can say, okay, a team can only have at most two superstars and one star, or you know three or four stars, not you know five uh, superstars in their primes, things like that. You could do. Yeah, um, I don't think it should be exactly like that because it wouldn't really be a free agency. It would mm-hmm. be uh, limiting uh, for a play- uh, for a player's rights. 
Um, I think what should be done is uh, probably drastic or not drastically, uh, gradually decrease the cap um, so that all these great teams don't sign all the best players. Like what was meant to be happening was the cap uh, increased, I believe, by 20 million in 2016, and uh, it was supposed to be each team has a chance to uh, get these players, but that's not going to work, obviously. And um, I believe that instead of uh, doing what the Players Association did in 2016, they should have just gradually increased it, not by 20 million. And kind of going along that idea, uh, instead of decreasing the cap, I heard this idea on, I think it was Colin Cowherd's show or something, um, you could kind of rank, not rank players, but assign them kind of values for their contract. So like LeBron, KD, Steph, Harden, Russ, Giannis, you guys are max contract players. Um, second tier players, so like... Yeah, uh, the Boogie, Clay. Yeah, yeah, you could do things like that. And then you could say, Boogie, based on your past season's performance, you are worth, you know, 25 to $30 million a year. That's where your value's at. Yeah. Um, now uh, let's switch topics here and move on to DeAndre Jordan. Signed with the Dallas Mavericks for one year, $24 million. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, the problem with DeAndre Jordan is that his game really doesn't have not any value in uh, the modern-day NBA, but he does things completely differently than what modern-day bigs like Porzingis uh, are supposed to do. DeAndre Jordan, like I said before, is a utility big. He grabs boards, he blocks shots, he catches lobs, he runs the floor hard in transition. He does a lot of the little things, so there really wasn't a big market for him. Uh, did the Clippers even offer him? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. But um, um, I don't think he's the really even an old big because old bigs used to post up a lot more. Mm-hmm. And um, DeAndre Jordan doesn't really have a post-up yeah. game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Mavericks, they had money to throw at players, I guess, so they gave DeAndre a one-year $22.4 million deal. Um, and I think a few summers ago, uh, he signed with the Mavs, but then went back on his decision and uh, stayed with the Clippers after Chris Paul and Blake Griffin locked uh, him in his house. Those two are not there anymore, so he was more free and open to go to the Mavericks. And that's what he did. I guess that's what he really wanted to do over these past few seasons. So, yeah. Yeah, I see what you think. Um, there wasn't really a place for him to go because um, there was pretty much no one left in that big three on the Clippers. Or there was no one. It was getting uh, toxic in that locker room with Doc Rivers and Austin Rivers, obviously, who's also gone. Um but, yeah, he, I think he just wanted a fresh start mm-hmm. in a big city. Uh, and also, you talk of the Clippers' locker room problems. They traded for Marcin Gortat, and I don't really see how that helps with their problems. Because Gortat, in Washington, uh, we heard reports of how John Wall cussed him out at practices, uh, called him an mf things like that. You know, so I don't really see how Gortat helps. You know, we also had him, uh, we also saw him after John Wall went down and the Wizards started having some success. We saw him emphasize the word. They didn't have success. I know they beat the Cavs. (laughs) Okay, but they had a losing record. During the time without John Wall? Yes. 
But I remember in the beginning, they went on like a two-game win streak or something, and uh, Gortat tweeted something like, great team win tonight, looking forward to all this team success we're about to have, and really emphasized the word team in there. Um, so he's just not a really great locker room guy. He can, He's a cancer in the locker rooms. I don't really see how that solves any of the Clippers' problems. But uh, moving on to Zach Levine, he was a restricted free agent, and the Kings offered him a four-year, $78 million uh, deal that the Bulls quickly matched, and so now he's staying in Chicago uh, for the next four years. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm not surprised at all because... I mean, you traded Jimmy Butler, an almost superstar for him, and if you're just going to let him walk, then you basically didn't really get much back, and there's still hope that Zach Levine could develop. Uh, he's a 6'5 shooting guard, has a great three-point shot, so he can be useful in that area. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, um, he uh, did not play well with the Bulls uh, this past season, but he always has... He still has potential, so yeah, I it's better than losing him for nothing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't surprised uh, when I heard the Bulls match the contract because they obviously traded for him uh, in the Jimmy Butler trade, and he was really the main piece at that time until Markkanen and Dunn came, uh, and they started excelling. He was injured, and he came back. I feel like he just needs a little bit more time uh, to adjust back to the NBA, uh, the NBA quality of play. Last season, in 27.3 minutes per game, he averaged 17 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. But those 17 points came on 38% field goal shooting. Um, so, obviously, that's not very good. That's Marcus Smart, Lonzo Ball level. Um, that's, but, uh, that's a little bit higher. But. Yeah, it's a little bit higher. Um, but he still has potential. He's extremely young. If you give him a little bit of time to see how he comes back from that injury... If he does well, then great. You've got your starting shooting guard for the future. If he doesn't, maybe you can trade him uh, and then draft a younger shooting guard next year. Which they just did with Trevor Hutchison. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, moving on to Marcus Smart. That the market for Marcus Smart isn't very big because he does a lot of the uh, the little things, a lot of the intangibles he has, and he just does a lot of different things to help you win, like. He's a great leader uh, in the locker room. He's a tough, physical guy. Um, he's a great, great playmaker. He's tough-minded mentally, uh, which, you know, the Lakers said that they want tough-minded playmakers, so I feel like they should sign Marcus Smart. But uh, he also said he was worth more than the $10, $11 million per year, um, that range. And in my opinion, he's right, because he does a lot of those little things. But I feel like uh, the Celtics... They, uh, if he does accept a deal from that 10, 11, 12 million dollar range, the Celtics can't match that deal. And so I'm surprised that teams aren't really throwing money at him um, to kind of take away from the Celtics because the Celtics are going to be a great team in the future and he's one of their most core essential pieces. And, you know, we saw this year, just without him, with every other player in the lineup, but without Marcus Smart, the Celtics were a 500 ball club. And so... Uh, I'm kind of surprised that there's not a big market for him. The Kings, I believe, were rumored to have offered him a deal after missing out on Zach Levine. That report turned out to be false. And I think the Brooklyn Nets are now working on a deal with him. But in the end, I believe he will take the qualifying offer to return to the Celtics for one last year. 
Um, and then, you know, test out the free agency waters next year. Um, moving on to Clint Capella. Um, he had a contract offer of five years and 85 to 90 million, something in that range. But we have reports that they he turned that down. So what do you feel about Clint Capella's future? Right, and to add what you said, he wants a four-year, $100 million deal, which in my opinion, that's a little bit too high for Clint Capella for the Rockets to be paying because um, they're already shutting out money to so many different players, Harden, Chris Paul, not Capella. Um, but I feel like in the end, the Rockets will give him that money. He'll end up staying with the Rockets. He's just so essential to that team. And we saw in the season that even with Harden and Chris Paul, I think they went on a five-game losing streak in December. Maybe Harden was injured during that time. But I know Capella was out during that time. He's just so valuable to the team and what they do. Um, he's a great shot blocker. He's kind of a DeAndre Jordan-type player uh, in that sense. Um, so I feel like the Rockets understand his value, and in the end, he'll stay with Houston. I think that he'll sign the qualifying offer. I mean, I don't um, think they, they'll give him that much money because, I mean, that's a little bit too much money uh, to the Rockets that's already tied up in a lot of money. Um and uh, they don't really have a starting quality small forward. They lost uh, Luke Mbamute and Trevor Ariza. And um, if P.J. Tucker is your starting quality small forward, that's really not that good. Um, so I think that they'll uh, make him sign the qualifying offer and have uh, him agree to an extension at the midseason part of the year. Before we go on, I just want to say P.J. Tucker... Um He's he's six five and a half, which is very small for a small forward. But uh, against no, Durant, for a small forward, it's uh, it's decent height, but it's mm-hmm. it's below average. Yeah, but uh, I was watching the Rockets Warrior series. He did a pretty good job on Durant. I mean, Durant's just too tall and too good and too skilled, so he just rose over him every time. But you know, he disturbed him. He kind of put his hand in his chest and didn't allow Durant to dip the ball on a shot a lot of times, which you could tell made Durant kind of uncomfortable. Um, So he can do things for you that Ariza can't necessarily do because Ariza's just longer and lankier, but I agree. He's not a starting quality small forward, and that really hurt their team, losing Ariza and Mbamute. But moving on, uh, this player is not a free agent. Kawhi Leonard, of course, he did demand a trade from the Spurs. So, where do you feel as a Spurs fan that Kawhi Leonard will end up next year? He'll stay with San Antonio. Um, And that's because the Spurs have all the leverage. Uh, Kawhi doesn't get to say where he goes. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. Um, So, I don't think um, that the Spurs uh, will be willing to trade him for um, players that won't be as good as him, a finals MVP. And I don't think that the other teams will be able to, or will be willing to give up uh, much for a player that um, will leave probably to another team anyway. Right. So there has just been a report. Um, I'm not sure who started uh, this trend of reports that Kawhi Leonard will uh, most likely the favorite to uh, have him next year are now the Toronto Raptors. 
So what do you feel about the Raptors having uh, Kawhi Leonard potentially next year? Um, no. No? Okay. That's not happening. They don't have any cash leads, so. What about, what if they give you DeRozan or Lowry? Uh, those chokers in the playoffs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, DeFrozen, right? DeFrozen. I mean, I'll just say this. If the Raptors do end up getting Kawhi Leonard without giving up DeRozan and Lowry, or to an extent Valanciunas, they still won't win the East. I think, I think they might have a chance to. They'll definitely be better than Philadelphia. I think. I'd put them fifty-fifty against Boston. Boston, it's not even close. Boston's gonna win in that matchup because they're the best coach team almost mm-hmm. in the league. Fifty-fifty um, between uh, them and the Spurs. Spurs, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, they don't really have a chance. Right. So I'd say in terms of bench depth. I know we're getting a little off track here, but I'd say in terms of bench depth, Toronto and Boston, I'd probably say they're about the same. Celtics. Yeah, Celtics, Celtics maybe by a little because they have, you know, a lot of 80 overalls in 2K. Uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, Marcus they, they, Smart, they just, Jalen Brown. They, they just play well. They, yeah, they just play well. Especially in the playoffs. But yes. I will say this. LeBron, the reason uh, the Raptors were so, they just got eliminated every year and obliterated, basically, was because LeBron. And since LeBron's not uh, there, this is going to be the first time, I feel, that we'll legitimately see the Raptors play more comfortably and not just gaze at one player the whole time throughout a game, a 48-minute game, and just adore that player and observe him the whole time. That's not the issue because um, they just choke regardless. They're not ready for the bright lights of the playoffs. We've seen that over and over again. Yeah. There's nothing to discuss there. Yeah, I'll also quickly say this. Um, You know, a lot of teams in the first round, for some reason, uh, Indiana a few years ago, Washington these past few years, they've given uh, the Raptors uh, trouble in that first round, pushing it to six or seven games each series. But staying back on course, um, Kawhi Leonard. So I feel like he will end up staying with the Spurs, but he's going to sit out the season because Kawhi Leonard and that Spurs relationship it's clearly been fractured, uh, not even fractured, because you can't repair it. It's been broken. Uh, you can't fix what, what happened between the two sides. You know, Kawhi Leonard hid from Spurs executives when they came to check on him. Uh, but in the end, Kawhi Leonard just isn't acting like a professional to the Spurs overall. Um, and the Spurs, they've proven they don't accept bad offers. So if you're going to give them, you know, Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart and a pick, they're not going to take that deal. Uh, they'll only take good deals. I think they actually even turned down uh, the Celtics offered, I think, Kyrie Irving for Kawhi, and the Spurs actually turned that down. A lot of the, the teams with actual players, you know, quality players, like the Celtics, the Celtics aren't going to give up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum and uh, Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart if he signs back and picks. They're not going to do that. Those players are too valuable for a guaranteed one-year rental who you know is just going to walk in 2020, uh, 2019 actually. Um, the Lakers aren't going to give up Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma for a player who is going to their crosstown rival the next year. Um, and so because of that, I feel like Kawhi will be forced to stay with the Spurs. Um, and he's going to sit this season out and complain of a sore quad. If he does that, I, which I believe he will, I will, one, lose a ton of respect for him, and two... I believe it will be detrimental to his game 
in the 2019-2020 season. Uh, and yeah, it's sad that, you know, the relationship between Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs has come to this point, but it is what it is. Yeah, the damage has already been done. Uh, they tried to get rid of Tony Parker to help that because of that uh, comment about Tony Parker saying that his injury was actually 1,000 times worse or 100 times worse or something like that. And um, I feel like that might help the case, but or that would have helped the case if it wasn't already broken. And uh, if he does that, which uh, you said he might, I will lose a lot of respect because as a professional, as a hooper, you're supposed to... Um, you're supposed to fulfill that obligation to your team. You can't just um, have that team paying you a ton of money and you don't play. Right, and really and as, a, as a professional in any industry, if you sign a contract, you can't, you know, two, three years later, uh, go back on that contract and, you know, not respond to your employer and just, you know, not perform your job and do the work required and still get paid. You can't, you can't do that. You have to fulfill all years of the contract and do whatever uh, is required of you. Yeah, but especially as a hooper, you have to, like, you need that passion for the game. If you don't have that, uh, I mean, you might as well retire because, yeah. So that wraps up episode three of the in and out Basketball Podcast. Uh, really quickly, we will be going, uh, or we currently are, on SoundCloud. Um, the links, if you're watching this on the YouTube video, will be in the description, so go check that out. Uh, so your phone doesn't, so your phone, you know, iPad, computer, whatever, doesn't lose battery. Um, and yeah, that about wraps it up. We'll see where this whole free agency thing goes with, you know, Kawhi, Marcus Smart, Clint Capella. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Any last thoughts? Stay tuned for episode four. Like and share it with whomever, whomever you may know. And um, stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.